Hello, everyone. Welcome to What is Covenant? Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry with Dr. Michael David Clay. So how difficult is it to love others? Um, must be kind of hard. <laughs> Otherwise, Jesus would not have had to have asked Peter three times to do it. And to do it in a specific and intentioned way, which hopefully we'll get into over the course of today's podcast. But we'll start with John chapter 21, verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verse 17. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Now, <laughs> obviously, there's an embedded message about love directed toward Peter from Jesus in this particular passage. As there would be an embedded message, <laughs> no pun intended, in all of us about Use, when we use, when we say those most important of words, I love you, what does that mean? And particularly, even as Jesus began, or at least with this passage, we began with the first question, to question Peter. Jesus began to question Peter. Lovest thou me more than these? And who are these? (laughs) And I would argue, I'm not sure, period. I would like to believe these would be, as Jesus references, sheep. (laughs) Who are the sheep? We're all sheep. Was Peter being given a particular flock? Possibly was he in that same sort of way of Jesus as shepherd, then going to inherit Jesus's flock, which we know is not bound or limited by any sort of material dimension, gender, race, creed, color, sexual orientation, better than the government. I think probably that was also intimated here, but love can't be so general (laughs) lest it becomes so generalized that it's not personal. And there will always be more difficult acts of love because of personal dimensions, whether it's the one you're loving or because of you. (laughs) And you're a person too. And in that same way, salvation is a very broad, generalized experience in the sense that universally all can be saved. And part of what we might get into 
on the podcast today is Peter's coming to once more that awareness. I say once more because we did discuss this as well on last podcast. That it's not just for the Hebrew people, it's for the Gentiles too. There's no restriction. God is not a respecter of persons in this way, but he is a respecter of persons in individual dimension. And this was very personal personal between Jesus and Peter, this passage I read. So I believe it's a little of both. I think it's general ministry, but it's also very personal and individualized. And as with the Bible and salvation itself, it begins in personal dimension with accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior personally. Not just conceptually, not just generally, not just Lord of all, although all those things are true, but a heartfelt personal dimension. And of course, Peter had denied Jesus on three occasions on the night of his apprehension. Maybe there's a correlation there that there's some sort of emphasis upon, well, you denied me, Peter, do you really love me? And I think in those sort of same personal, in that sort of same personal way, Jesus, not that he was so offended as much as Peter ran the risk of at some point, the devil using that against him. Let's just go ahead and get this out here, Peter. Now, Jesus might say, and let's just address it. Don't worry about that. Love my sheep. And so who then is Peter instructed to love? Well, it can't just be those that he knows. It can't just be then just the Hebrew people, although Peter might have seen it that way too at that moment. Well, Jesus is a Jew and Hebrew and certainly his part or place, Peter's, in society at that point in time was more connected with Hebrew people than possibly any other persons or nationalities. Jesus was Hebrew, Jewish. Uh, obviously, there was some hospitable aspect of that to Peter. And so these were his people too. And maybe he thought that's what Jesus is speaking to. But I don't know that Peter got the full manifestation of that or the relevance of the three questions until we get to the secondary Reading It's not secondary in the terms of importance, but it'll be the second passage that we read today on the podcast out of the book of Acts. And with that, then, Peter's coming to an awareness in Acts chapter 11 that this thing is not just for the Hebrew people. <laughs> this thing is for all persons. Who are these people? It's everyone. And how do we know? Not only did Jesus prophesy, because even so, going back, I'm going to go back to John. Correction. I'm going to also reference when those things were said to Peter in John at that final sort of meal that he took with Peter. Jesus also advised 
Peter in verse 18. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest where thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee where thou wouldest not. This spoke he signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. Interesting. (laughs) Again, a little bit of an aside. Even with this continuation of verses in John 21, Jesus was advising Peter not only that this would happen, but that he needed to, in that, follow then the leading. And what would the leading be? It would be beyond girding himself or doing this all out of selfish motive or for his own good, or even those that he might consider to be his people, my people, these people, he would find himself going down the same path, continuing the journey Jesus had shown and demonstrated with his own life to the greater good in the ministry of not just himself or to the glorification of not just self, although certainly it's unquestionable the glory of Jesus or the glory of the Lord as manifest as with Jesus in Holy Spirit dimension. But Jesus was not about glorifying himself. He was about loving others. And this would be then Jesus' call. (laughs) More specifically, most specifically, most personalized, most individually, not only for Peter to love others, but if you love me, do these things. And I think Peter began to realize that he was not going to have much of a say who these these people, these, his people, were any more than those that Jesus considered his people. And that's all of us. And as much signifying by what death he should glorify God, there's always going to be a cost associated with love. (laughs) What's that cost? It's you. If you do that selflessly, if you do that unconditionally, if you do that in the name of Jesus, if you do that as the Bible has instructed us, if you do that in this way that Jesus was calling Peter's awareness to, what that really meant in once more personal dimensions, you're going to do this to the least of these, you've done it unto me, Jesus would say, Your love for them is really then love for me. As Jesus would say. Then Peter was beginning to realize this was not about him. Nor his kingdom. Nor unto his glory but God's. And what is once more the hallmark of all of this? The glory of the Lord? It's the Holy Spirit. It would be the fruit of the Spirit, the manifestation of love in its fullness, and love in all of its fullness is never self-ingratiating, never selfish. Now, we can go over to the book of Acts and chapter 11. And the apostles and brethren that were in Judea 
heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him, saying, Thou wentest in to men uncircumcised, and didst eat with them. And last podcast, we talked about the tablecloth. We talked about all of the <laughs> clean and unclean things on the tablecloth, and the vision that Peter had, and that Cornelius had called for him or Cornelius had been instructed to go fetch Peter because of the need for Peter to tell Cornelius the good news and to share it in this sort of uncircumcised way, this sort of what otherwise had been when you thought of the Hebrew people and the Gentiles ministering to those that were otherwise then also defiled or unclean. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him, saying, Thou wentest into men uncircumcised, and didst eat with them. And that includes not only Cornelius, but Peter reviewed the matter from the beginning and expounded it in order unto them, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, a certain vessel descending. As it had been a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came even to me. Upon which, when I had fasted, excuse me, fastened my eyes, he was fasting by the way, I considered and saw four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And I heard a voice saying unto me, Arise, Peter, slay and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean hath at any time entered into my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God hath cleansed, thou call not thou common? And this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. And behold, immediately there were three men already come unto the house where I was, sent from Caesarea unto me. And the Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house, and he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, who stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words by which thou and all thy house shall be saved." And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them as on us at the beginning. And then remembered I, the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. For as much then as God gave them the same gift as he did unto us, who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these sayings, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. Again, that was Acts chapter 11, beginning with verse, verses 1, excuse me, yes, verses 1 and continuing through then as much, verse 18. 
Now, what does this have to do with the passage I read here to four? Feed my sheep. It's got everything, I think. All these threes in this passage. But the particular one was, the voice answered me again from heaven, what God hath cleansed, thou call not thou, thou, that call not thou common. And this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. There's probably no coincidence. Was it Jesus speaking to him in that same sort of manner that Peter could receive it? Yes. Was when Jesus told him, thou shalt stretch forth thou hands, and will be guided or led, would it be because of these sheep? Yes. Would it be because of Christ and his ministry that Peter again inherited? I think so. Who is leading Peter? The need certainly led Peter. But what really was required was Peter not to just see the need, because the need, the the sick, the afflicted, the hungered, will always be amongst us. It's not just the need It is the Holy Spirit that then gives impetus to the motive to feed the sheep. And with that, then the confidence one might have that God sent you, that Jesus has dispatched you, that you have the resource within you, whether it be love measured material provision, mission fields and feeding and Ministering to the physical needs of those that are afflicted and hurt and harmed by, by not only just the iniquity and sin, but just the circumstances of the natural life. Rain falls on the just and the unjust. We're to meet those needs as best we can, but we can't meet all need because Jesus couldn't even meet all need in the time he was on this earth, and you can say, well, that's because of folks like Peter, and then maybe even so us who have been, been entered into or have chosen to enter into, have been joined to in the same sort of way Peter was, the ministry. And are we being led of the need or by the need of? Certainly, but more so the direction of the Holy Spirit. Jesus led Peter. Jesus told Peter he would continue to lead him. Jesus was speaking to Peter, whether it's through the vision, whether it's again through the angel of the Lord that spoke to Cornelius. And who was Cornelius? Was he these people? Was he a Gentile? Was he of the same persuasion as Peter? I think you can make a good argument he might have been one of those that Peter would not have certainly gone to see had there not been some other spiritual movement within him to do such. The tablecloth was but a means by which to get Peter to move in the direction not just driven by the need, but by the permission, yes, but also the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Should you only help those that the Holy Spirit tells you to help? Well, I would believe as with love, the fruit of the Spirit being love, yes, you respond to the material provision and should never withhold. But at the same time, though, isn't that the inspiration for all of our selflessness? 
if I could call it that, as opposed to selfishness. If we're really going to minister in the right way, even material provision, we should not do that expecting anything of the way, in the way of reciprocity even, transactionally to get something back from it. More so to, again, the glorification of the vessel. The vessel's just the vessel. The Holy Spirit moves through the vessel. Jesus speaks through the Holy Spirit to give us unction, guidance, and direction. He moves our feet, but our hands to action. So that we are then, in that biblical sort of context, laying on hands to circumstances and situations. And this passage in Acts, Acts chapter 11, I think captures that. Jesus was directing Peter. It's not the only time in the book of Acts that the angel of the Lord appeared unto Peter. It's not the only way that Jesus speaks to us, certainly speaks to us in spirit, through the Holy Spirit. Obviously, he speaks to us in word, Old Testament word, as much as living New Testament word. But for Peter, the voice answered from heaven, What God hath cleansed, thou call not thou common. But Jesus had spoken to him, not from heaven, but sitting down, having a fish dinner with him in the book of John, the last chapter, and still is speaking to him, although the crossover, so to speak, of Peter's awareness, it's Jesus, has begun to not only take place, Not only was it somewhat prophetic, as Jesus was telling Peter then in the book of John, and now we see the manifestation of that in the book of Acts, but here's the application of the exhortation that Jesus gave to Peter, the advisement, the advice, by reminding him, this is not just these people, Peter, that you know. These are not just the people that otherwise you've chosen to adjoin yourself to, to claim as your heritage. These are for all people. And who is Peter? He was one that was one of the first recipients of the gift outside of the Hebrew people. Because of Peter's desire to be with Jesus and choice of Jesus, he'd already received the Holy Spirit. He received the Holy Spirit as with, at the time, unbeknownst to him, the actual physical presence of Jesus. But the love of Christ was given unto the disciples so that they might take that love and share it with the world. And why would they then think, Peter, that anything is unclean if Jesus has already demonstrated it's not about that Peter, because I'm hanging out with you. We forget that so readily and so easily. Why is this such a mystery? I think it is not only culturally so that we are inclined to think that way, but what drives our culture is our human nature. Me and my own. We're the only ones. We've got a right. We're going to in benevolence. Minister, no. You're going to do that not only out of benevolence, and it's no. It's not me and my own. We're not the only ones. There's going to be a lot of people out there that maybe they're going to be closer, more 
to the understanding and awareness and others of what this thing called love is. Yes, it's taking care of needs, but it is a power that resides within you that is greater than any need in the physical world out of which your unction to minister to the physical needs, you're laying on the hands of the hands as inspired by the Holy Spirit, though albeit it may be somewhat limited to what your human capability in the moment that you're in, but if you share this gift of love, you are then exponentially meeting the needs of the world. One individual first at a time. Yes, there's power in numbers. Yes, the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit manifested himself unto the disciples in the upper room. They were amazed as with cloven tongues of fire. I've equated that to possibly Jacob's ladder and the provision going up and down as Jacob saw the angels coming up and down. Maybe that was a two-way thing. I believe that from heaven. But I also believe this. The Holy Spirit is in us all. He just needs to be released. And how is he released? He's released by the ultimate act of love. Of your giving yourself to others without regard for yourself. Peter, feed my sheep. No, no, not only, yes, yes. Not only, however, the no, no. Not only, however, in the paradigm. I just need to take care of them. No, their needs. I want to show them love. And the best act of love, no greater love hath any man than to lay down his life for another. To die for someone else. Peter may or may not have been able to receive it in that measure. But what excuse do we have? <laughs> what would his death be? Well, maybe you could look at that. Well, he didn't realize he's going to be crucified for Christ in, in that transactional material sort of dimension, Peter. Possibly so. That's what Jesus was telling him. <laughs> I don't think so. Not entirely. I think so. But not entirely. I think he was telling him, Peter, you're going to give everything you have, not just for me, as with Jesus, because Peter loved Jesus and Jesus loved Peter. That was very individual. But if you love me, (laughs) you'll, you'll love the least of these in that same way. You're going to pour forth that blessing. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Holy Spirit can come down. (laughs) And in that same way, we can return it unto God. But even then, it's not exactly that way. Because inside of us all, the Holy Spirit is constantly working to the end of reconciliation of us with Jesus. And then in that, as we would love others, the two great commandments... With all that heart, mind, soul, and spirit, we love God and then we love others as we love ourselves. Peter was coming to tangible, actualized, powerful demonstration of the Holy Spirit. He just still wasn't able to really see the relevance in that personal way because he was still kind of hung up on all the rules that heretofore, again, the heretofore, before Jesus... 
he'd been told. It's just about you. It's about staying to the people, your own people, and taking care. And you really can't go out and minister to the Gentiles, even though Peter was a Gentile. You can't do that. Because if you do that, as with the Hebrew people, and then even this, this passage in the Acts, in the book of Acts, the circumcision, those that were of the circumcision, and that's who Jesus was reciting this and repeating this to, they were still very much hung up. And because they were hung up on keeping it for themselves or didn't realize this was not something that could be contained in earthen vessels, more so even unto a certain group of these people, you have to give this to the world or it dies. Jesus doesn't die. The Holy Spirit doesn't die. Jesus is resurrected. The power of love doesn't die except you would. But why don't you just go ahead and choose then to lay it all on the line, even if it is unto your own death, because that way you'll release it for all that it is. You won't hold anything back. But don't be surprised if they don't get the Holy Ghost too. Why? Because it's already in them. He To love, God has already breathed life, the breath of life, unto them. It's just gotten covered up with all the hurt and the loss and the pain and the reasons not to love others and why people, as they lie, cheat, and steal, cause you to shut down and shut off and hold it all in. And why should I give to you when you've done this to me or to my people? You've never shown yourself or that won't work. It seems to work, but it won't work. Denying love doesn't do anything but sentence you to hell. (laughs) The only way to heaven, not only in a hereafter sort of way, but in a present sense sort of way, is to give it all away. To turn the other cheek. To give up all that you have for the calling of Christ. But it does take a bit of consternation, or at least it takes a bit of sifting to really get to that point. Now, fortunately, Peter did. And even so, as he was recounting all that happened, and the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard, or Judea heard, that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him. Even they were starting to get the message because that's how the chapter began. This is the power of love, folks. But it ends with, when they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God. Saying, then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. That's not a question. That's a saying. It's a statement. A declaration. And with that then, the Holy Ghost (laughs) began to come upon all of them. One by one. Community by community. And as we would read, and we might next podcast, I don't know. It all depends on where the Holy Spirit leads us. We'll see how even with Paul and Barnabas, that continued giving, that continued loving, all of that then does nothing. The word never comes back void. But unstop the wells. 
Samaritan woman, how do your belly shall flow rivers of living water? If you do these things, greater than these things shall you do. If you do these things in my name, in the spirit of the Holy Spirit, of love of God, the fruit of the Spirit. Miracles begin to happen. People's lives are changed. God changes the culture. But the equal reality is, if you don't do it, then the greater sentence unto you of judgment, pronouncement of judgment, is if you don't do it, you don't believe it. And what you have, as the Bible would tell us, Jesus will be taken from you. That's the thing that I probably spend the most time on when I do my counseling. It's encouraging others. Freely have you received, freely give. But if you hold all that in, then don't expect to make other people give it to you. And if anything, they're going to have to be pretty strong in the word and powerful in spirit to endure you. All things get better when you give rather than take. And what is it you're giving? You're giving the word of God and the love of God in Christ Jesus. And that's why what is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry, why we do the podcast. That's why Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry is as fruitful as it is. We love. We give. And we're going to encourage you to do that as well. Should you want to reach out to us, you can call us. 304-528-9220, covenantsonline.com is our website address, covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. You can catch us on YouTube and Facebook at Covenants, and you can always come back to the next podcast. We're ready to give God the glory. <laughs> and then I'm going to try to love on you vicariously so through the podcast. I'd love to do it more in person. I don't know that it takes anything away from it. Surely the word is anointed, even as it was written word. It stirs up the gift. I'm hoping, hopeful, always, that the podcast is spirit-inspired of the Holy Spirit, a love-inspired, and stirs up the gift in you. But what is the gift? Love others, and the whole world will be a much better place. And all the sickness and malady and all the disease and all the infirmity, one by one, as you love those that you have been given, your sheep, these, these, we really do affect the change in everyone. And don't we need that now? You can also come back and join us for our next podcast of What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry with Dr. Michael David Clay. I want to thank you for joining us today and, as always, wish you God's greatest of all blessings.